in unity this morning. We're grateful for what you did for us, Jesus. We're grateful that, that you went way above. You didn't have to do all of that. You didn't have to give your body. You only had to give your life for our sins. But you wanted so much more. You're an exceedingly and abundantly above God. So this morning, we thank you for the exceeding and the abundantly above. We thank you that you're blessing our lives. You're blessing everything we touch prospers. We thank you, Lord, that we're healed in our bodies. Come on, just lay your, your hand on your body anywhere that it hurts and just declare, be healed in Jesus' name. Anywhere you got an issue, just lay your hand on your head. If you've got emotional or, or um, depression, if you're dealing with depression or anxiety or anything, just lay your hand somewhere all over your heart, over your head, and we declare we are free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we declare our freedom and our deliverance from anything that is not like God. And we declare right here now that nothing apart from God can attach itself to us. We thank you for our covenant right, Lord God. We thank you for your body. We honor it now and remember it. In Jesus' name, receive it. I declare miracle healing going forth this morning. The healing virtue of God flowing through this room. As we by faith receive the bread. Thank you, Father. We receive your body. Thank you, Lord. The power that it brings to our lives. And then after supper, he took the cup. He lifted it up and he blessed it. He said, take and drink all of you. For this is the cup of my blood. The blood that would be shed for us. So that our sins would be forgiven. That the judgment that was against us for sin would be completely satisfied. He paid a debt he did not owe. And we owed a debt we could not pay. But Jesus gave his life's blood. As he hung there, he said, it is finished. He cried out with a loud loud voice and he gave up his spirit. He bowed his head. And he gave up the ghost. And as he did that, and he died, our sins were wiped away. Lord, we hold up this cup in remembrance of you. You said, do this in remembrance of me. We remember your blood that ran down. We remember, Lord, the blood of the covenant, everlasting covenant. Thank you, Lord. We know that you sit at the right hand of the Father God. And we know that you're coming again to get us. So, Lord, we repent of any sin that we have in our lives, anything that we've not purged out anywhere that we're struggling, God. We just lay it before you today. We cast our cares on you for you care for us. Lord, we ask you to come come near and help us anywhere where we're struggling, Lord. We know that you're the God of more than enough. We thank you. We give you praise and glory for our sins being forgiven. Though our sins were as scarlet, you've made them white as snow. We are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. You're the God who forgives all our sins and all our iniquities. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood this morning. In Jesus' name, receive. I like the old song that says that there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows into the lowest valley. The blood. That gives me strength. Come sing it, sis. Come sing. I heard you sing it. You know you want to. Come on. Just do it. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Yes. Way back on Calvary. 
blood that gives me strength from day to day. Yes. It will never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley valley the blood that gives me strength from day to Good morning and welcome to Acceleration Church. So glad everybody's here this morning. Good morning and God bless you. All right. Did everyone receive your welcome packet when you came in? If you did not receive your welcome packet, would you raise your hand so the ushers could come and assist you with one? All right. I got several people up here who don't have them. Anybody else? You did not receive your welcome packet when you came in. All right. Well, if you did... I'd like to call your attention to the little connection card that's on the inside. If you would take that out and please go ahead and fill that out, that'd be awesome. (laughs) 
All right, if you need a pen, raise your hand. We'll get you taken care of if you need a pen. All right, here come the ushers. All right. Well, if this is your first time here, we welcome you. So glad you chose to worship with us today at Acceleration. Can y'all let them know how glad we are they're here? All right. I want to recognize Steve, who came all the way from Dallas. He's on the prayer call, y'all. Every morning, he's usually on our prayer call, and uh, he's a blessing. He's like, good morning, this is Steve. How's everybody? <laughs> and he's just hes just like that in person, too. And I just got to thank him and Kenneth yesterday. They came up and, and worked. They worked construction all week long, but they came up yesterday to help us finish up some things over in our new sanctuary. Well, I'm telling you, it's a blessing. It is a tremendous blessing. Would y'all please... Thank you so much. Yeah, they got up on the roof because our air conditioning unit that was, that's up on the new side just does amazing things when we consecrate ourselves. We focus on fasting and prayer. So we're preparing to give an over and above seed offering to build out our children's ministry. So um, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're preparing to do that. And we have a prayer call every Sunday morning at 730. Um, I'd love for you guys to, to – did I say Sunday morning? I'm like – See, fasting carbs is not good for me. I even ate myself a pancake this morning just so I would be better. But I've been having trouble getting my brain and my mouth to connect, and that's not good for a preacher. How many of you know that? So if I say something wrong, just just go, I mean, just let me know that I need to go back and fix that. But we're preparing to give an over and above offering for our children's ministry. See this area that we're in right here. We have a daily prayer call. Look, just text XLRA to 97,000, and uh, you'll be signed up to get the daily prayer call text blast, okay? But from right here, see where this post is right there to where this, this end of the wall is? From here all the way over to that wall is going to be our new children's ministry. So the whole backside is going to be glass because this area over here is going to be our redemption center, which I'm so excited about. We're going to give the children Bible bucks as they learn during the service, if they can say their scripture, if, they, if they're doing exceptionally well in praise and worship, if they bring their Bible, if they bring a friend, they're going to get paid for it. They're, we're, going to, we're going to reward their, their attentiveness, and their, so they're going to get rewarded with what we call Bible bucks. And at the end of service, they'll be able to go over to our redemption center. That entire wall is going to be tricked out with all kinds of stuff, just like that, so that kids can, can spend their blast bucks. It's also going to teach them how to save, because we'll have some bigger prizes that they can learn how to handle money. Amen? They can save up their, their uh, Bible bucks and, and buy a larger item, like a bike or an iPod or, or something like that. We want it to be just filled with great things so that there's a reward for it. I also want it to be just second to none. I want it to be absolutely an amazing children's ministry. Amen? So people will come from everywhere for their children. Amen? So it's, it's what we're giving towards. And uh, Joel 1.14 says, Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. So we're having a one-day um, revival, if you will, where on November the 6th, I believe it's Sunday, November the 6th. Is that right? Not Sunday. Wednesday. Woo! This Wednesday. I'm okay, y'all. This Wednesday, November the 6th at 7 p.m., Apostle John Wesley Williams is coming in, and uh, he's going to minister to us that night. He's bringing his praise team, but I still think our praise team ought to come if we can. Are you able to get off work that night? Okay. Okay, so we'll see if you can get your team together so we can help with some of that too. And if not, they have their praise team. And I'm not even worried about all that. It all being exactly done right. I just want to come in and have a time where we assemble together and we seek the Lord together. Apostle John Wesley Williams is a seasoned minister. He's been my friend for 20, 25 years. And he walks in the office of a prophet. 
So I'm a teacher and I'm a pastor, so I'm all about feeding flock and raising up people. But he has a prophetic gift. He can look at you and read your mail and tell you what's coming in your life. I believe when we did the, the men's breakfast, Nick, wasn't it you? Didn't he talk to you about teaching or speaking to people? That was something that you wanted to do, but it wasn't really on your radar a whole lot yet, but he kind of spoke that over you. Didn't he speak something over you at that men's breakfast? Yeah, he did. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm hearing this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In three years. Wow, we signed a three-year lease on this place. Come forth, brother. Come forth. Yeah, it was just a slightly over a year ago. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So become, you know, he's going he's gonna to come and be ready to minister. We need to come being expecting. Our expectancy will draw the power of God out of this man. Amen. So come expecting. It's a one-day revival. It's this Wednesday night. I'm asking everyone to plan to be here. Amen. Amen. Everybody plan to be here this Wednesday night. All right. So um, let's see. Invite somebody to join you. And uh, we are ending our fast on Sunday, November the 17th with our church Thanksgiving dinner and a day of worshipful giving. So it's a day you prepare your best holiday recipe and uh, bring it in and we'll have our big Thanksgiving uh, lunch after service. But it's a day where we're going to worship God. How many of you know the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and come into his courts with praise. He says, bring an offering and bow down. Everybody, you know, cuts it off right, right there at enter his, enter his courts with praise. But, but he says, bring an offering and bow down and so we're going to not only bring our thanksgiving not only bring our praise but we're going to bring an offering for the building out of the children's ministry amen we're so close on this over here we have just a a few things left to do and we'll be moving over here we won't be having church in here anymore we'll be having church in our new big sanctuary which is going to be enormous and amazing amen we're so close we just have to really press and push so on the 17th, it's a day where we are, we are asking. That's why we're consecrating so that we'll be led by our spirit and not by our flesh. Amen. So we'll be ready to give into the kingdom of God on that day. So it's going to be a day of worshipful giving towards our, our, our new children's ministry build out. So I want you to see Miss Toby after service um, to sign up. Okay. <laughs> You'll see Miss Toby. Miss Toby, stand up so everybody knows who you are. I think most everybody does, but is she pretty? Turn around, everybody see you. <laughs> sign up sign up with her for uh, what you're going to be bringing to the feast we need ham okay so who bring a turkey okay there's one turkey i see one turkey do i see two turkeys need two turkey there's two turkeys again do i see three two turkey do i see three who else got a turkey need another turkey who's got a turkey thrasher i already got i got my three i got my three turkeys you you and you right so who did who did I say? Okay, y'all got a turkey. Rosemary, you got a turkey. Thrasher, you got a turkey. We got four turkeys. Okay, all right, all right. We need a, we need a ham. Hold up, y'all. We got plenty of turkey. We need some ham. A ham? Oh, they got two hands. All right, all right. So then the rest of you bring green bean casserole, macaroni and cheese, dinner rolls. Uh, sweet potato casserole with the pecans on the top. Somebody, come on. The pecans and the coconut. Woo, Jesus. Yes, pumpkin pie, desserts, cornbread, cornbread dressing. 
Yeah. You gonna do your dressing? Debone the turkeys if you can. All right. And they need to bring it warm too, right? All right. Okay. So is everybody ready for that? That'll be on the 17th. We're going to break our fast. We're going to rejoice with a feast, just, just like the Israelites. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, let's get ready for the word. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'll remember it as I go. I hope in Jesus' name. Woo. Hallelujah. Now that's at the end. That's at the end. All right. Well, let's declare the word of God over ourselves. We're anointed to hear, and I'm anointed to preach. Amen. Will y'all stretch y'all's hands toward me this morning and just declare, say, Pastor Sally, preach well, preach well. in Jesus' name. All right. Say this. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I can never be. So after today, I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, slap three people, high five and say it's seed time. Amen, amen, amen. All right. All right, open up your note sheets and put it on your clipboard so you're ready to take notes and remember what you learned. You know, this is just an excellent study guide. And, you know, if you don't have your study guide with you, you can always open up the Acceleration Church app. And on the inside of the Acceleration Church app, um, it has uh, – did I put my – I didn't put my A, B, C, or D, did I? Oh, no, this is – oh, this is pro- – I'm good. No, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. You can always open up the Acceleration Church app, and the sermon notes are on there. If you're you're like telling somebody about the sermon at at your work, and you're like, you can't remember it, look, you can go to the Acceleration Church app, pull up the sermon notes, and everything you learn from Sunday is already on there. Amen. But you can, so we make sure you got a hard copy, and you got the, the, uh, internet copy. All right. Okay. Well, we have been in this series called Tremendous Fruitfulness for the last year, for this whole year, for 10 months, starting on the 11th month now. We're on lesson number 44 of Tremendous Fruitfulness. This year is almost over. Y'all ready for Christmas? Because it's here. (laughs) It's here. Um, Almost time for it. But we've been focused on being tremendously fruitful in our lives. It's the will of God that we would live a fruitful life, a God-fruitful life. He said, you didn't choose me. But I chose you and appointed you and anointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So God has called us to a fruitful life. He says the Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. He said if the Word abides in you and you abide in the Word, you'll ask the Father whatever you will and it shall be done. So, and, and he said, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So he's, he's glorified when we know the word, when we know how to ask, we know how to pray, we know how to stand, we know how to press in even when all hell comes against us or when the roof's about to fall in. Come on, and you're just trying to get stuff finished up. I just keep on pressing, amen, because I know that if I'll keep plowing, I'll keep pressing, I keep planting those seeds, what I'm going to get is what I'm believing for, amen. If I keep speaking the word, that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get the results of the word. You're going to hit some resistance along the way. 
You will have, see, you think when you hit some resistance, you think, oh, I must not be doing this right or this stuff doesn't work. No, that just means you're right on track. That means you're right on track. And that's the time to just keep busting through. You're right at the point of breakthrough. How many of you know it gets hardest right before you get a breakthrough? So you just got to keep on pressing. What's that song we see? Got to keep pressing on. Got to keep on pressing on. Just keep pressing. Amen. And you'll bear fruit. He said, you, you will reap if you faint not. You'll reap if you faint not. Anybody feeling like fainting today? <laughs> Believe me, I wanted to sit down the floor and cry the other day when I saw water pouring in through the ceiling. And I'm just doing my best to try to get walked over there and because it had been um, locked up, closed up, no air flowing. It smelled like fish. My beautiful, wonderful new sanctuary was smelling like fish. <sighs> okay, let me go. Let me go to Home Depot. They got something for that, I'm sure. Otoban, shh, 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 until my hand had cramps in it. But I'm going to win. I'm gonna, I might have cramps in my hand, but I'm going to win. Amen. You go over there today, it smells great. Praise the Lord. So you just keep pressing. you got to keep pressing. If you're going to bear fruit, if you're going to be fruitful, you can't lay down and quit. I'm sure the sidelines are just filled with people who laid down and quit. But that's not going to be me and it's not going to be you. You can't quit. Who doesn't have a don't quit sticker? Who doesn't have a don't quit sticker? How many? One, two... Three, four, five, six. Okay, Pastor Robert, get Yuri, get my door open and go get some don't quit stickers because you can't quit. You got to keep pressing. When things get tough, that means you just get tougher. Amen. Get tougher. Get stronger than it is. So we're, we're here to bear fruit. That's why we're here. And then we've been in this season, the last five weeks of this, this series called Seed Time and Harvest. When Noah got finished with the flood, he spent 120 years storing up to put on the, the ark and building the ark, waiting for the animals to come. And then finally, there's 40 days. He prepared 120 years for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a lot of preparing, isn't it? But he got prepared, got all the animals on there, put, took enough uh, animals to give sacrifices. When it was all said and done, uh, the ark landed. He and his family were all safe. Everything else was wiped out. The first thing he did was to build an altar to the Lord and to, and to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And the Bible says that it came up before God a sweet-smelling savor. And God said, I'll never again curse the, the earth. He said, as long as the earth remains, they'll be uh, cold and, 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 and hot Summer and winter, um, seed time and harvest. It will not cease. Day and night. It will not cease as long as the earth remains. So this principle of seed time and harvest is here for us perpetually. Amen? It will never end. It will never be gone. We will always be able to count on putting a seed in the ground. And a seed is a marvelous thing because a seed goes into the ground looking like one thing, but it comes up another. A seed has, has an assignment. So the Bible says God is not mocked. For whatever, whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. So you can actually build your life upon the seeds that you sow. Whatever you're giving out is going to come back in a greater measure, right? So if I'm giving out joy, I'm going to get back. If I'm giving out um, kindness, I'm going to get back. If I give money, I'm going to... Sometimes it's favor that comes up. Sometimes it's say, you know, you can show favor to other people, you know, and when you show favor, you get back favor. And that's God raising up somebody somewhere to use their power, ability, and influence to help you. So the thing about sowing into the kingdom of God is that you don't just get back money, but you get back favor. Sometimes it's a door that you need opened right on time. 
Amen. Sometimes it's something that your money can't open, something that your education can't open. But God will open up a door of favor. Amen. In your life, when you sow into the kingdom of God, it releases a favor over your life that causes people to give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will men give into your bosom. And so this seed time and harvest is what we're looking at right now as we're preparing to give our, our Thanksgiving seed on the altar on the 17th. So I want to look at this again and sort of renew this in our minds just a little bit. Number one, the power and process of prospering. How many of you know that there's a power to prosper, but we have to tap into it? Because the will of God is not automatic. Just because it's the will of God for us to be prosperous, it's not automatic. God expects us to use our faith to receive the promises of God. We have to use it. The, the promises of God are received by faith. See, the children of Israel, God had given them the land. They're standing at the edge of it. He said, see, I've given it to you. Now go take it. See, I've given it to you. But see, they had to go in and possess the land. And so that's the same way it is with the promise. God, this was the promised land. Ever since Abraham, God had been promising, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a land. So here are the children of Israel, all these 400 and some odd years later, they're standing at the edge. He said, see, I've given it to you. Now go take it. It had grapes the size of a man's head. It was, it was abundant. It was flowing with milk and honey. And so they went in and they had to possess it. See, God doesn't put the grapes in your mouth. He puts them within your reach. And so the promises of God are within your reach, but but you have to use faith to do it. Amen. You have to use your faith to bring the promises of God into your life. So you have to be convinced, number one, that God wants me to prosper in every area of my life. He wants you to prosper in every area of your life. Psalm 35, 27, it says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the what? Prosperity Prosperity of his servants. So God has pleasure when you prosper. Do you think God is happy when you are broke and, and, and got no money for gas? Broke, busted, and disgusted. Do you think God is happy? No, you're a child of God. Do you think there's brokenness in heaven? Brokenness. I think I just made up a word. Is there, is there broke? There ain't no brokenness in heaven. Ain't nobody broke in heaven. The streets are made out of gold. Amen. There's plenty in heaven. And so that's not the will of God for our lives to be in lack in any area. He wants us to, to prosper. So we looked at that word prosperity last week. It's actually the word shalom, which means to be safe, to do well, to be happy, healthy, Prosperity, it means peace and rest and safety and to be wholly well. So number two, for every promise, prophecy, or principle, there is a faith process to bring it to pass. So if there's been a promise that, that, that you found in the Word of God, if there's a prophecy that's been spoken over your life, or if there's a principle you can find in the Word of God where someone's operating in a principle, there's a faith process to bring that to pass in your life. Amen. So there's a faith process to bring everything God has for us into our lives. So prospering in life, it cannot even happen without knowing God. Because you, you, what good does it do for you to be prosperous in the natural, but your spirit is bankrupt? You can't enjoy it. That's why people like Vanilla Ice, who had so much money, that he goes upstairs with a house full of people and, and puts a gun to his head and just almost pulled the trigger. 
He had fame. He had fortune. All these people downstairs. But he still, he was spiritually bankrupt. You can't be spiritually, you're not prospering until you have it all. Until you've got God. It comes from the inside out. That's the kind of prosperity that God gives. And he adds no sorrow to it. That kind. So, prospering starts when you turn your whole life over to God. That starts the process. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Look at this. This starts the process. And, and it's got all the principles of faith in it. Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we see the faith process in action there to receive the promise of salvation. The promise of salvation is received through the process of faith. You believed it in your heart and you confessed it with your mouth. Nothing happened until you confessed it with your mouth and you believed it in your heart. Amen. And that word saved is almost the exact same word as to prosper. The shalom word we just looked at, look at what saved means. It's the word sozo in the Greek. It means to save, deliver, protect, to heal, preserve, to do well, and to make whole. It means whole life prosperity. You can't have it without having Jesus in the middle of your heart. You can't can't have it. It starts right there. So when he goes to work on you through the power of the Holy Spirit and he takes you from glory to glory to glory, that's another process. Because he says, you know, I'm just like him, but that's a process. How many of you know you still knew all them words when you came into the kingdom of God? All them bad words. You know, you you had to learn how to, you know, put your flesh under and adopt a whole new language. Amen? So that you, that you don't talk the way that you used to. Amen. You, the, the God began to change you into a new, a new person. You know, um, to receive salvation is instantaneous. But, you know, we've begin, he says, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, right? So we're a new creation. But then he goes to work on us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he takes us from glory to glory to glory to glory. See, I started 25 years ago. 25 years ago, I got on my knees at the age of 31 and threw my hands in the closet. Just threw my hands up in the air and said, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I turn my whole life over to you. Everything I have, I sold out at that moment. I pushed all my cards in on the table and said, I'm all in. And when I did that, that's when God began 25 years ago. Was I all great in the first year? Heck no. Have I made a lot of mistakes since then? Yes, I have. Been through some, some real tough stuff. But here I am. I'm still standing here. And God has changed me and worked some good things in me. When you can't see how it's working in your situation, God, this must be working something in me. But it's a process. And let patience have its perfect work. Let God just fool with you as much as he needs to. Until you learn. Until you grow into that next level. And then when you grow into that next level, you might find yourself slip and go back to this level for a second. You're like, ooh, that don't feel right. That is not me anymore. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. The Bible says the righteous man falls down, but he gets up. Gets up seven times. He might, might fall seven times, but he gets back up again. He gets back up again. That's why you got a don't quit sticker this morning. Get back up again. Don't think that it's all over and you've messed up so much that God can't love you or use you anymore. That's the kind of person God uses. Not many lovely. Not many high society, not many wise, not many noble, but he chooses the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. He picked you on purpose, false and all. He knew everything was in your cereal box. He knew everything. Amen. 
And he picked you anyway. He chose you anyway. Hallelujah. So he takes you from glory to glory. It's a process. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Amen. So Philippians 1, 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's begun a good work in you, and he's going to keep taking you from glory to glory. You don't go from here to here. Don't try to skip. If you try to skip some grace, if you try to make yourself a blessing, you're going to miss one. So don't try to skip and go from here to here. Just go along the process. It's, it, it is a journey. It is not a destination. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but praise the Lord. You had me up half the night. All right. So God has begun to work and he's going to finish it. Amen. All right. So let's look at this. A, renewing my mind has the power to prosper my life. So as I keep my mind renewed in the word of God, um, I will uh, prosper according to my mind being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I will prosper according to how what's going on in my head. If I can't get my head right, I'm never going to get it right in my life. You got to get rid of stinking thinking. You got to stop thinking um, um, wrong, thinking dead, thinking d- dumb stuff. Just don't, you got to stop thinking dumb stuff. And you got to start thinking like God wants you to think. Amen. And that is the word of God. You're thinking the word of God. All right. So third John two, beloved, I pray, wish above all things that you may prosper in all things. And how many things does he want you to prosper? All things and be in health. How many of you know the older you get, the more you realize you are really prosperous if you are healthy? Especially as we're getting older. I just thank God that I'm I'm still okay. (laughs) Amen. That's prospering. He wants you to prosper and be in health. That is prospering when you are healthy and you can get up and you can move around and and you can still think right and you can still talk and, and, and you're not down at MB Anderson every day. Amen. Come on, there's a lot of people who are not prospering because they're having a challenge in their health. Amen? So that, that's, that's prospering if you're in health. And then it's just as you so See, I, pro, I, I pray, wish above all things that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So your soul is your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, your imaginations. So as this area of my being, see, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. See, the spirit is the real me, but my soul area determines if I'm going to be flesh ruled or if I'm going to be spirit ruled. And so my soul, as my soul prospers, as I renew it in the word of God, I'm meditating on the word of God day and night, then I'll cause my my life to prosper when I'm meditating on his word. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in it he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in its season. His leaves never fade or wither, and everything he does will prosper so meditating day and night day and night that's why you need to listen to at least two hours of the word a day 
Like, Pastor, that's a lot. I know it's a lot, but we can't live on a trickle. We gotta live on, on being saturated in the Word of God. If you won't prosper, you, cause your, your mind's gonna click back. It's gonna go to default. And default is thinking wrong. You gotta purposely pull your, your mind out of default. You're either gonna, you're either gonna think on default or deliberately. Alright? So Joshua 1-8. I love how, how God says this in Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, keep this word in your mouth. Keep speaking the word. He says, but you shall meditate in it. There it is again. How often? Day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then what happens? You will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success so i gotta be renewing my mind in the word of god so i if i do that i'm not going to allow statistics not going to allow odds not going to allow logic to cloud my mind because see somebody will give you the statistics and you you'll give up on being in faith for what it is you're believing for because people with your education don't make it that far it doesn't work for people like you. You'll get a hold of the odds and you'll think, well, this thing is impossible. No, I'm latching on to faith by what God said I can have. Amen? And I'm not going to pay attention to odds. I have to drown that mess out with the Word of God. Drown it out so that you'll be able to stay in faith. You start meditating. Don't go look it up on Wikipedia. Amen? Don't go look it up and see what the world says. What does God say? And let that have the final authority in your life. Amen. The word has the final authority. That's how you prosper in your soul area. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Sounds like prospering, doesn't it? All right, B. My obedience and serving has the power to prosper my life. So as I obey and serve him, I'll prosper. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in what? Prosperity and their years in pleasures. So if I obey and serve God, man, I'll tell you from the first moment I got saved, I, I mean, I just started serving God on day one. I didn't wait around for classes or none of that. I just jumped in with both feet. I was raising my hand. I was there darkening the doorstep every time the doors were open. I was there early for everything they had going on in the church. I wanted to, I wanted to, I was so happy to be saved. Is anybody just happy to be saved anymore? Or we get so saved we don't ever think about the fact that God didn't have to do it. Some people didn't make it out. They were doing the same mess I was doing. Some of them didn't make it, but I made it out. And some people are, are, are dead sleeping in their grave. It didn't make it out of what I made it out, but the mercy of God has been so good to me. Times I drove when I was drunk, yet I didn't get a DUI. I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I drove when I was drunk. Had to cover one eye so I'd see just one road. Some people didn't make it home. Some people ended up in the graveyard. But see, no, it wasn't last week, baby. This was on 25 years ago, baby. Come on now. He said, he, I'm just saying, of course not. We're talking 25, y'all say years ago, years ago, 20, at least 25 years ago. No, I remember some, some people didn't make it out of that. 
Some people, some people are in the, in the graveyard today that didn't make it out of driving drunk. But somehow God's angels and God's mercy saved me. And he must have saved me for some kind of purpose. So what is it, God? From the very beginning, I jumped in and I was ready to serve, ready to obey God. Anything that I figured, this is, this is not God's will. This can't be right. I would make a course correction immediately because I was so hungry for God. Jack, you remember. You remember. You were there, weren't you? Jack's been here the whole time, been with me the entire time. You remember what I was like, right? We served on the same hospitality team. We did. We sure did. I was ready to serve anywhere I could. And I'm telling you, God began to prosper my life. I began to give tithes and offerings. And as I gave, man, God began to bless my business that was on the backside of nowhere. Nobody should have even known who I was. But God blew that thing up until I had a six-month waiting list, 27 people on a legal pad with their name and number, hoping for a cancellation to get into my photography studio. 27 pages of names, not 27 names, on a legal pad. How many lines are there on a legal pad? A lot. They were all just hoping for a cancellation. God began to prosper my life. And I became, I became such a giver in the church. I paid for all the cows. I paid for horse feed. I paid for whatever they let me pay for, I would pay for it. Because I wanted to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. I just had such a hunger and a thirst to obey and serve him any way that I could. And, and, and my life began to prosper. And I have had years and years of pleasure. I've never gone without. Never gone without. God has always blessed my life. So see, my words have the power to prosper my life. So what's the first, what was A? Renewing. Renewing your mind. So having a renewed mind can prosper my life. B, obeying and serving God can prosper my life. C, my words have the power to prosper my life. Mark eleven twenty two through 23, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So you can't be a double-minded man. The Bible says you're unstable in all your ways. If you're, if you're a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways. And the Amplified says everything you think, feel, and decide. Double-minded. So you can't be double-minded. He says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So when I start talking to the mountains and I believe and don't doubt in my heart, can't be double-minded. The Bible says that, w- that when you're double-minded, he said, let not that man believe he'll think he'll receive anything from God. You can't be double-minded. One minute you're on and one minute you're off. One minute you're saying I'm blessed and the next minute you're saying I don't know what we're going to do. You have to be consistent with your confession of faith. You cannot be double-minded. The angels don't know what to do. The angels literally don't know what to do. There's two spirits, two types of spirits listening to you talk. There's the angelic host. The Bible says angels are at my command when I speak the word. They heed the voice of the word. So when I speak the word, angels are at my command. They go out and do the bidding of God in my life. Amen. But there's demonic spirits that are listening also, and they're waiting. Come on, just say it. Speak death. Come on, just speak death. Things look really bad right now. Are you going to take that bait? You going to say it? Things look bad. You know it was like this last year too, don't you? You in over your head, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in over my head. (laughs) Just like Abraham. Just like Solomon. Just like everybody in the Bible. They were all in over their head, but God was in there with them. Amen? So you don't take the The Bible says, take no thought saying take no thought saying see the thought's going to come to your head and when you give it life with your mouth you've just spoken it into existence so 
If you're going to have what you say, you better watch what's coming out of your mouth, right? It has the power to prosper my life. So you're more in control of your prosperity than you think you are. You're just waiting like lotto. You're just waiting to scratch off and finally get it. No, be consistent. Be consistent about speaking the word of God. Just keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Proverbs 18:21. What does it say? Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So that's the, the life that you're living, the fruitfulness that you have in your life. Whatever it is you're speaking, that's what you're eating. So if you don't like what you're eating, let's change what we're saying. Amen. So it had the, my words literally have the power to prosper my life. So you've got to be con- consistent with your faith confession. Angels are listening. Um, God told Adam, name the animals. He brought, he brought Adam to the animals and said, um, and said um, name them, Adam. Whatever you call them, that's what it's going to be. Whatever you call it, Adam, that's what it's going to be. And so whatever you call it in your life, that's what it's going to be. So you got to look at, at things in your life and tell it what you want it to be. Amen. Y'all are looking at me like you have never heard this message before in your life. Y'all know death and life is in the power of your tongue. So don't call it what you don't want it to be. See, words are more than just sound. Words are carriers. They're, they're carriers. They're carrying either life or they're carrying death. So whatever you call it, that's what it's going to be. So you got to develop the boldness to speak the word of God no matter what it looks like. And that means you got to be willing to look silly for a while. Most people can't handle that. Because you're too worried about your reputation. Or you're too worried about God's reputation. The Bible says Jesus made himself of no reputation. I'm willing to say what God says. I'm willing to stand here. Abraham was, was willing to call himself Abraham. When he was an old man, Abraham means father of a multitude, while his wife with her old self was over there, barren. Abraham. God said, change my name to Abraham. They're like, okay, Abraham. But every time he heard his name, he heard father of a multitude, father of a multitude. Father of a multitude. Father of a multitude. He kept saying it. He, and, then, and then God gave him something to look at by renewing his life. Go out and look at the stars. He, there's never a time that Abraham could look at the stars and he wouldn't think about his offspring would be more in number than the stars. He said, count the sand if you can. That's how many they're going to be. So Abraham had to internalize that thing. That's why he had to keep looking at it. He had to keep seeing the stars so he could keep saying, Abraham, father of a multitude. Father of a multitude. So he had to be willing to look silly. You got to be willing to look silly, but when it looks impossible, that's when God jumps in and he'll do it. Amen. All right. So I'm believing and I'm receiving that it's already done. It's already prepared for me in the spirit realm. Okay. Kenta and, uh, Pastor Robert, I need you to hold that blanket for me. Hold it long ways facing the congregation. Okay. So just right here, it can go down a little bit lower. Just hold it. Let it hang straight down like a curtain. Make it tight on the top, y'all. Excellence. Excellence. All right. Okay. So there is a veil between the visible realm and the invisible realm. God is in the invisible realm, right? We can't see him, right? But he's in the invisible realm. He's there. And we live in the visible realm. Yet he said he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, right? He's already blessed us. He says, I know what you need before you even ask me, right? It's already, why? Because when he spoke me into existence, he wouldn't put me here and not have everything I need here for me, right? 
So he's already prepared everything for me in the spirit realm, just like he prepared me and brought me into the earth. You know, you, you weren't, the day that you were conceived was not the day that you were created. The day that you were created was in the mind of God and in the mouth of God before the foundations of the earth. He told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I called you forth a prophet to the nations. So he put gifts inside Jeremiah and told him who he was when he called it. When? Before the foundations of the earth. He didn't just make Jeremiah then. You think Jeremiah was the only one? He made each and every one of us in the spirit realm before you were ever in your mother's womb. You were in the mind and the womb of God. And then you were born and created on the day, on the time. There's not one person who's an accident. Not one person. But he, he penned us all. In his book, all the days were written for us when as yet there were none. So if he wrote days for me, he had to write some provision because he knew I was going to have to be fed. He knew I was going to have to wear clothes. He knew I was going to have to have a roof over my head. He knew I'd have to have a car to drive. He knew I'd be here in 2019. I have to have a cell phone. I got to have all the things I got to have to be able to operate in this, in this realm, in this time, right? So God's already prepared everything I need in the spirit realm. He's not trying to cook it up because I just decided to pray about it. He's like, oh gosh, Gabriel, bring me that. Bring me something. Let's put this together so we can bring this to them in, in, in their prayer life. No, he's already done it. But by our faith, if we'll say, stay consistent in what we say, we'll bring it from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Do y'all have the wrong side of it? No, that's fine. That's all right. Okay. So, so God sees both sides. God sees the visible realm. And he sees what's already prepared for you in the invisible realm. And so when we call those things that be not as though they were, we're calling it from the invisible realm into the visible realm where we are. Look at the scriptures here. Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made not of things which are visible. So everything that you see was not made by something being made up. God spoke it, and it was. God looked into the darkness, and he said, I'm not in agreement with darkness. Oh, it's dark. He didn't look in there and say, it sure is dark in here. My goodness, it is dark. It is so dark I can't see my own hand. God did not say that. God looked into the darkness and he said, let there be light. So don't come into agreement with what you see. Speak what you want. He spoke from the unseen realm into the seen realm and their light. Where did light come from? Out of him. Because in him he is light. And in him there is no shadow of turning. Amen. So he spoke it from himself. From the invisible realm. Matthew 6, 8. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So when we become born again, we ought to be able to see this. That I live in this natural world, but I am a spirit made in the image and the likeness of God. He created me in the spirit realm before he ever birthed me in the natural realm. He knows me. He knows my thoughts are far off. He knows every word on my tongue yet unuttered. He knows me. Yet we're dead spiritually until we come into Christ. 
where our spirit comes alive. That's why uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, lest a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But when we get born again, we get like God and we have his perspective and we can see we, that, that there's an invisible realm and there's a visible realm. And we bring what's in the invisible realm into the seen realm with our faith. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So what it is that you need, these things that you need in your life that, that, you're, that you're believing God for, start talking to it. God's already prepared it for you. It's, and start calling it into the seen realm. I know um, Pastor Bridget says it's like um, it's like when you go to the layaway. Anybody remember the layaway? Where you go to the layaway and you, you get some items and you lay it aside and then you go in and you keep making your payments. And as long as you keep making, it gets a little bit closer. The more payments you make, the closer the layaway gets to being yours, right? So you just keep making those payments. Keep making those payments until one day you've paid it off and it comes into, you, you get to go get your stuff, right? Well, that's kind of what faith is like, she said. Your, your faith confession and you declaring it with your mouth. Don't get tired of speaking what God says. Even if other people are looking at you like you're crazy. But you know you have to be logical. You know you have to, you know, think like this. Well, yes, but I'm in faith. So don't stop confessing what it is that you believe. Oh, y'all making me plow too hard this morning. So don't stop speaking. Don't stop declaring what he says. Even if you feel discouraged, even if you feel depressed, say, I feel good. No matter if you feel sick, no, I feel good. I'm, I'm healed in Jesus' name. No matter what it looks like, declare the opposite because it's more real, because it's God's word. It can't return void. Yeah. Amen. I'm moving on. D, my giving has the power to prosper my life. My giving. So we found out that A, what was A? Renewing my mind. B. C. D. My giving has the power to prosper my life. Okay? It's a process. Tithes and offerings. We, we return our tithes and then we give offerings over and above. And then we're preparing a special offering, a special sacrificial offering that we're bringing to build the house of God. Luke 6.38. Give. And it might be given to you. Thank you. Y'all help me preach. Give and it will be given to you. How's it coming back? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So when I give, it comes back to me like I gave it out. If I give it out, if, I, if I'm generous when I give, I get it back generously. Amen. If I'm stingy when I give, I get it back stingy and with attitude. Amen. That's why God loves a cheerful giver, because you get it back with joy. Amen. Somebody's glad to give to you. Instead of somebody, you give it out grudgingly, you get it back grudgingly. Amen. I don't want to have to pull it from somebody. I want somebody to say, look, what I, I want a bow on top. Amen. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. So can y'all underline um, filled with plenty and overflow? Because in these days, of course, they had barns and they had to fill up barns with stuff and, 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 uh, and vats with wine. But, but now we just go to the store. People made their own stuff back then, right? 
Okay, but now we just go to the store. So it releases overflow into our lives. When we honor God with our possessions, with the first fruits of our increase, we honor him with the tithe. That's the tenth that belongs to him. When I give him the tenth part of my increase, I still have 100% of my money because the tenth part of everything I earn, that's already God's. We just learned all about that last week. If you didn't hear that lesson, go on the the app and listen to, to the lesson from last week and the week before that. So the tithe, that belongs to God. Then they give offerings over and above then that releases overflow in my life. He says, try me now in this and see if I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that you'll not have room enough to receive it. Sounds like prosperity to me, doesn't it? He wants you to prosper. And giving releases the supernatural in your life to prosper. All right, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 9. Let each one give as he has made up in, in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, are under compulsion. For God loves, listen to this, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without, a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That is such good news that God releases an all-sufficiency grace over your life. Amen. All-sufficiency grace. So you have no need. No need, no lack, and you have plenty enough to give into every good work. That is so awesome. But you say, you know, Sally, what if I just don't have anything to give? What if I just feel like there's just nothing that I have? There has to be something. There has to be something that you give. And remember that at that point, it becomes a sacrifice. And see, God knows if it's a sacrifice. You know if it's a sacrifice. It's between you and God. It's not about your amount. God knows that it's a sacrifice. And, and listen to this. Pressure and sacrifice is a powerful place of transformation. Mm. Write that down. Yeah. Write it on the back. Write it on the back of your hand. Write it somewhere. Pressure and sacrifice is a powerful place of transformation. Pressure and sacrifice is a powerful place of transformation. Grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds are formed under tremendous pressure. Olives are pressed. They release the oil that we cook with. Seeds break down and they grow in darkness. So your place of pressure, your, your place of sacrifice... Think how the woman, the the widow woman, who all she had was just a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, and she was going to make a cake for her and her son. They were going to eat it and die. She knew this is all I got. And the man of God said, that's okay. Don't worry. Just make me a small cake from it first. I'm not asking for it all. Just by faith, make me a little cake. He didn't even say how little. It could have been this big. Praise the Lord. He made her. she, She obeyed. And he says, for thus says the Lord. That jar will not run out and neither will the flower. It it released a supernatural anointing over her to prosper at a time when nobody else was prospering. People were dying from starvation. So it released that sacrificial seed. The sacrifice goes this way, but the aroma comes up before God. Paul said, I don't seek the gift, but he said, I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. 
Your offering goes this way. But he says the aroma is well-pleasing to God. It comes up before God a sweet-smelling savor. So you better believe when you give that offering this way that God knows about it, that God puts it in your heavenly account, and it triggers the supernatural on this side of the invisible realm to come into your life. Amen. Amen for the goodness of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 in the Amplified, verse 10 says, And God, listen, you might say I don't have a seed. God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. What did he just say? Did y'all, did y'all, y'all are sleeping on me this morning. Read it with me. Read it with me. And God, read it with me, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also Provide and multiply your resources for sowing. Look, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Why? Because if you got something, you can be charitable. If you got something, you can be good and kind and help other people, right? You, if you, how are you going to be a blessing if you ain't got nothing? Amen. So, so what God is saying here is that He will supply and multiply your ability to sow. Say, God, where's my son? Where's my seed? Where's my seed? There's got to be something. The widow's two mites got Jesus' attention. Where people were putting in all, he said, look, this woman has put in more than all of them. She put in the equivalent of a half penny. She's put in more than all the ones who came in and put in their abundance. Jesus was watching what they put in. And she put in two mites, a half a penny. He said, this woman has put in more than them all. Because she put in all that she had. Her whole livelihood. It got Jesus' attention. And he didn't say, come back and get it. You need it. Obviously, you must need it. He let her sow that seed because he knew it would release the supernatural in her life. Amen. I know I'm right whether y'all looking at me mean this morning or not. Number two, let's look at the power of unity real quick. Number one, we're stronger together. We're doing this thing together in the kingdom of God, building this children's ministry that's going to be amazing. It's going to bring people from these neighborhoods all around, from Kinswick, from Foxwood, from Deerbrook Estates, from all around this area, from the Spring area, from the Cypress area, people from on the other side of 1960. What is that, Atascacita, Kingwood area? I believe people are going to hear about the children's ministry in this place. It might not be the biggest, but it's going to be the best. People will hear about it, and they will come. And this is a, this is a thing that I can't do by myself. It's going to require all of us to get this done. So unity is powerful. That's why husband and wife, the devil will come and try to tear up your unity, to tear up you being in one accord. The devil will come in and he will try everything he can to bring a wedge between the two of you. Why? Because when the two of you are in in agreement, in one accord, and you're speaking the word of God together, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. So if he can disrupt y'all and get y'all where you sleeping on two sides of the bed, What'd you say on the couch? <laughs> you know, you know how it is when you're mad, and you're trying to apologize a little bit. You slip a foot over there <laughs> to see if they snatch it away. Y'all know what I'm talking about. No, you know how the devil will come in. The Bible says, "Don't go to bed angry." Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get it straight before you get in the bed. Don't let the devil drive a wedge between you because unity. You are so powerful as a couple. Amen. Any, anywhere you can get somebody to agree with you. But, but when you're in one accord pulling together, it's like a, a yoke, you know, pulling together. You're able to, to pull so much more together. All right. So we're stronger together. Did I give you all that one already? All right. Unity. Whew. 
I'm, I'm going to stop fasting on Saturday next week so I have my... All right, unity. The state of being united or joined as a whole. In mathematics, unity is the number one, means the number one. Is that cool or what? In mathematics, did you know that, Murray? <laughs> my husband ain't even listening. <laughs> Unity, the state of being united or joined as, as, as a whole. In mathematics, it's the number one. Yeah, I, that was in the actual dictionary. And that's something. In mathematics, unity, it's called unity, the number one. So what we do to prosper our lives individually really just sets us up for kingdom, to be stronger together in the kingdom. So we want to prosper individually so we'll be able to prosper the kingdom of God, right? All right. So um, Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Amen. So Matthew 18, 19 through 20, again, I tell you, Jesus said, Look, I told you already, but it's important enough that I'm going to tell you again. This is important, y'all. Jesus said it more than once. He said again. I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. That's why y'all can't go to bed angry. You can't afford it. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Where there's two or three in my name, he said, I'm right there with you. I'm right, there's really four, because I'm right there with you. Hallelujah. Message Bible says, when two, when two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. Who I love that. And when two or three of you are gathered together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Amen. Nehemiah 8.1. Now all the people gathered together as what? One man in the open square. They were all in, in one accord as they began to hear the word of the Lord being um, read to them. It said that they were all as one man. That means they were all in unity. The New Living Translation says, and all the people assembled with a unified purpose. And that's what we're doing in this time of consecration. We are unifying our, pur- our, our, our sense of purpose here at Acceleration Church for this, this children's sanctuary that we're going to build out for them. Judges 6, 15 through 16, he says, So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? This is where God has come to Gideon and told him, You're a mighty man of valor, and you're about to go in and beat these Midianites. Well, there was more Midianites than could be counted. We talked about it a little bit last week. And so when God comes and tells um, Gideon that he's his chosen governor, his chosen war man to go into, um, uh, and to defeat this army, it's like news to him. He's like, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Because he said, Gideon, it's not about the numbers, but it's about the unity. If I can get all of you 300, if I can get 300 men saying the same thing, doing the same thing at the same time, you can, you can beat them. See, God is letting you know there's more of us unified than there are innumerable amounts of them. There's more than us than, with us than there are with him. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So when you come together with that power together, it's like dynamite. So he says, you'll defeat them as one man. That's why God told Gideon to get that army together. He got it together. God reduced the army from 30,000 30, down to 300. 
And he, and he chose him by the 300 who, when they, he said, bring them to the water, I'll test them for you. So, so some of them got down and, and drank from the water like this. He said, and some of them watched what was going on and brought the water to their mouth. That was his 300, the ones who would watch what was going on. So when he had those three, he said, God said, send the rest of them home. Kitty's like, bye, y'all. But with those 300, he was able to defeat this army because of the power of unity. All they did was get around him on the, on the mountaintop, around the valley of this army, and they put a torch inside a, a clay pot. And he said, now, when I tell you all to, break your pots and say the sword of the Lord and Gideon. It doesn't make no sense, does it? Sound like they're going to get their butts beat, doesn't it? But when they cracked the pipes and, and held up their torches and said the sword of the Lord and Gideon, they thought they were surrounded by, I don't know, thousands of, I don't know what they thought. But they began to all destroy one another and chase one another off until they were were completely destroyed because if God can get you in one accord if he can get you in unity there's so much power to be released amen where in the world am I all right number two when we use our faith together the results are magnified magnified results Genesis eleven six. and the Lord said behold the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So when we all have one language and we all say the same thing, nothing's going to be restrained for us. This, this children's ministry is going to happen. Amen? But we have to all keep saying the same thing. Don't put your mouth on it. Amen? Don't put your mouth on it. Just, just continue to say over our sanctuary, we call it finished. Come on, everybody say it with me. Say, we call it finished. We call it filled with people. And we call it full of God's glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to be whatever we call it, right? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, um, so the, 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 whatever we decide to do, and we're all saying the same thing, nothing will be withheld from us. Nothing we try to do will be impossible for us. Psalm 133, 1 through 3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in what? Unity. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is, as, it is, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there, the Lord bestows or commanded His blessing, even life forevermore. So underline commanded His blessing, just like unity. The place of unity is the place of God's commanded blessing. All right. Look at Mark two, three through five and eleven. Then they came to Him. To Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And look at verse five. When Jesus saw, when Jesus saw, say it again. When Jesus saw, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And they've argued with him about you can't forgive sins. He said, yes, I can. He said, which is harder, to, which is easier to say, take up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven. He said, verse 11, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out into the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God. So each one of these four guys had a hold of, of, of the four corners. Y'all get the blanket again. I need, I need, I need y'all two plus two more. May have two, two more people to hold the corner of the blanket. All right. So, so they had the four of them come in the middle, so everybody can see. Come to the middle. So they had to, they had to hold on to their corner of the blanket, right? If let's just say, um, 
let's just say that you got offended, that Joshua got offended and he let go of his corner. What do you got to do, Murray? You got to pick it up. And now you're carrying the weight of two people because he got offended. See, you're going to have opportunity to get offended. And offense will take you out. See, you can't get offended. And right now, because we're in a season of consecration, you got to watch it. Because the devil is ready to be messy. He's on the warpath because we're endeavoring to get in faith and to do something awesome for God. So he wouldn't be a very good devil if he didn't resist us, right? Right. So you got to hold on to your corner. I don't care if you get offended. Don't let go of your corner of the of the blanket. Don't let go of your corner of this sanctuary that we're building for these kids. you got to get a hold of it and say, I'm taking this to Jesus with my pastor. I believe in what she said. I believe God's going to send people from all around this area. We are carrying this children's ministry. We're carrying this new sanctuary. We are carrying all these people they're like paralytics that are all around this area that don't know god they they can't get up off the bed of whatever it is their affliction is because they don't know the living god but that's why god put us here that's why this little corner of this shopping center belongs to acceleration church and not an event hall because it was time for us to be here for us to to carry this baby to carry this 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 thing that could not carry itself Get a hold of your corner and hold on tight and say, I'll carry it. Say, Pastor, I'll carry it. That's kind of weak. Say, Pastor, I'll carry it with you. Yeah, I'll carry it with you. Because I believe, I believe that God wants to do something great through us. I don't believe he just wanted to do great stuff through people who are in the Bible. I believe that God's still writing the Bible and we're in it. The story that he's writing, we're in it. Amen? And we got to do what he put us here to do. And I know that I know that I know that we're going to raise kids up in this area right here. And their parents are going to come. And people are going to hear about it and they're going to come. Because if people came the other night for trunk or treat, if they came for trunk or treat, we had over 300 people here for trunk or treat. If people will bring their kids to come just so they could get some Halloween candy, how much more will they come when the Spirit of God sends them here to get the Word of God in their children? How much more? If they'll come for a trunk or treat, come on. I believe we got a bigger purpose than candy and goblins. Pumpkins. Hallelujah. There's a reason He put us here. Thank you, guys. Psalm 78, 4. We're not keeping this to ourselves. We're passing it along to what? The next generation. God's fame and fortune. The marvelous things He has done. Isaiah 54, 13. All your children will be taught by the Lord. And your children will have unlimited peace. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Exodus 25, 2. Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. This is when they were getting ready to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. And they had plundered the Egyptians when they left Egypt. They had, God said, go and ask your neighbors. Go and ask your neighbors for, for stuff. And they, get, they, they had favor in the Egyptians' eyes. And they gave them gold and all kinds of silver and clothes. And they just get, they said they plundered the Egyptians. They came out with great wealth. They, the, the, the children of Israel weren't just poor people walking around in the desert. They were broke off. They had lots of money from the stuff that the, the, the Egyptians gave them. So when Moses, God tells them, God didn't ask them to give something they didn't have. 
So don't think that these are just poor people wandering in the desert. They carried out a bunch of gold and stuff with them. And so he says, speak to the children of Israel because he wanted to build a tabernacle so that he could begin to show them really what, what Jesus Christ was going to be all about. It was even set up in the, sh- the shape of a cross on the inside. But, but he said, I want you to build me a tabernacle so I can dwell with my people. That's always been God's desire, to dwell with the people, to walk with Adam in the cool of the day, to, to be with them in the tabernacle, to build the temple in, in Jerusalem, in the promised land. And, and, of course, now we are the temple of God. You and I, we are the temple of God. And so he's all, it's always been about him dwelling in us and dwelling with his people. But, you know, we do have to congregate and gather together. I can't stand to hear people say, we well, don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You know you don't, but why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go to church? You need to be in church. I need y'all. Y'all need me. I need you. We all need each other. Amen. We need the strength that we get from one another, the unity that we have. There's some stuff we can't release into our, in, in our lives without having the unity of a church. Amen. So you, you talk people down that say that junk on Facebook. Don't let them say that. Don't be timid. I don't think you ought to argue or fight. But he says, speak to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And so when we give on the 17th, we're going to bring it as a thanksgiving offering. We set it before the Lord and we're going to worship God and thank God for all that he's done in our lives. You've just come through a trial. You've come through something terrible. Maybe you're going through something terrible right now. You know, after Noah had experienced the flood, hello, that was a terrible experience. He gave, built an offering, built an altar and gave God an offering. You've just come through something, give God an offering. You're going through something, give God an offering. Thank Him for what He's done for you. Come with thankfulness in your heart. So some things have to be spoken corporately to happen. Joshua, with Jericho, they all shouted and the walls fell flat, right? It wasn't just one person. He needed all of them to shout, right? Jehoshaphat, they all lifted up their voices and worshiped God together. And God set ambushments against their enemy. And they were three days picking up the spoil. Gideon, they all smashed their pitchers at the same time and the enemy defeated themselves. It had to be done corporately, right? Esther, they all fasted and prayed for three days. The whole nation fasted and prayed for her for three days before something great happened and Israel was saved. Amen. So we got to value the, the corporate moment that we're in right now. Everybody, just get a hold of your corner. You don't have to get somebody else's corner. Just get a hold of your corner of the mat. When God sees our faith, as we bring, as we bring this before God, as we, as we endeavor to do this thing that God's called us to do right here, Acceleration Church, we're going to see God move. We're going to see people's lives changed. Amen. One day we'll go, we, when we step across, when it's our turn to be in heaven, we're going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Amen. So listen, if you're battling during this time of consecration while we're fasting and praying, you're battling, you've got warfare things going on, join the club. We all are. We all are going through stuff. Um, just be careful that you're not in your feelings. You don't know, be quick to go off and that kind of stuff. Try, you know, be, be patient with your spouse. Be patient with coworkers. Be patient in traffic. Just be patient because right now you're going to be under warfare. You're going to be under attack. Okay? But, but we're, we're, we're tougher than the devil, right? Amen. Father, thank you for this word that's been sown in our hearts. We receive it and declare a hundredfold return on it now in Jesus' mighty name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning you say, Pastor, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. 
not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me this morning, Pastor Sally? I sure will. I'll pray with you. You want to know God? You want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior like I did? 25 years ago at the age of 31, I gave my heart and life to Christ, and and, uh, God has blessed my life ever since, and I've had some things I've gone through. Yes, I have, but I've not gone through them by myself. Amen. So this morning, you say, Pastor Sally, will you pray for me? Yes, I will. I'm about to lead you in a very simple prayer, and if you mean it in your heart, your life will be changed. You'll be in right relationship with God. Your sins will be forgiven. So just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for every way I ever sinned against you. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins on that cross. I believe that on the third day you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. All right. Well, look at me. If you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you can't sneak into heaven. You've got to let somebody know that you prayed that prayer and you, and you, you believed on God for salvation. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you deny me, I'll deny you before my Father. So what you do is on the back of your car, just fill it out. And on the back of your card, if you just put a check mark there where it says, yes, I say yes to Jesus. And if you would, just take it right over here to Mr. Ernest, <coughs> who's going to be standing right over there. And he's going to give you a special gift that we have for you, along with a map that shows you what your next steps are in Christ. Amen. All right. Well, it's offering time. <coughs> All right. Well, this is the time of our service where we return our tithes and we give our offerings over and above.